Week 8 is done. Let's recap all of the action and all of the news from Sunday in the NBA. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I've got a semi by the sea. And I'm also the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble on TikTok at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Today's episode is brought to you by PrizePix, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to PrizePix.com slash LockedOnNBA and enter the promo code, all lowercase, LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. Time for you guys to become a double banger. And go and download the show on audio and listen, and then also watch the YouTube version. That's how you become in the exclusive club of being a double banger. So go and do that. If you are on YouTube, hit the subscribe button as well. We're here to look back at the end of week eight in the NBA. I'll do a recap of my leagues at the end of the day, assuming I remember. But I did lose for the first time in industry pickup. Drew Dinkmeyer got me 5-4. Uh, decided to sit Jordan Poole for the last game of the day because there was more of a chance of him losing a category turnovers than uh, winning the two that I needed. And I didn't want to go down 6-3, so I just took the 5-4 loss. Uh, and I will stay on top, but we'll show all that later on uh, in the show as well as the other leagues that I'm in. So that's where we're at, uh, which is great. Here we are to talk about the action, the news, and what do we need to talk about. So let's talk about some news because there is something maybe potentially happening tomorrow. The Hornets go to Toronto to take on um, the Raptors, of course. I don't know why they'd go to Canada for any other reason. Sounds like a waste of my time. But Miles Bridges tweeted that he um, got denied in the six. What does that mean? Well, we know that Canada has um, border border force rules, clearly. Unless, I don't know if he's smuggling in um, dried fish, like what always happens on uh, border force here in Australia, or the fact that he's got outstanding warrants for domestic violence that might keep him out of the country. I don't know if this is going to get resolved before tomorrow's game or what's going to happen, but at this point, we've got to at least say, huh, there is a chance that Bridges doesn't get allowed into the country. They just don't let him in because of the felony charges and the the current uh, arrest situation and court date coming up. I don't know how it'll pan out, but that is all I know at this point. The other news that we know is Clinkapella, the Kerner, the dental pain legend, he has um, a bone bruise in his knee. That is not good, except they just said, yeah, he's questionable day to day. So what do we make of that? What we do make of it is that we must make sure that Necker Okongwu is rostered. I would expect that he doesn't play on Monday, but they haven't ruled him out, despite having literally coming out and saying, hey, bone bruise, knee, questionable. All right. Like, not even like he's out tomorrow or we'll reassess at the end of this week or anything. So it could linger, but it could also do nothing. But it does mean that we've got to be extra vigilant in making sure that a Kongwu is not sitting on our waiver wire. Two good news stories in Miami. Bam Adebayo and Tyler Hero are returning tomorrow. 
Kyle Lowry is out. So we still don't get a full idea of what happens with Huckers, what happens with Joshy Richardson, what happens with Dunkey Robinson. Uh, I'd imagine that Hero starts next to Robinson and then Huckers maintains most of his value. Kevin Love loses most of it. What happens to Caleb Martin? He's going to lose a bit as well. But they are two very, very high usage players returning and that is going to have lots of trickle-down effects across a lot of other guys. And I do think that most of those players will end up droppable. LeBron and Anthony Davis are both questionable. LeBron is going to be questionable every single game, so don't worry about that. It's a little more concerning that Davis is questionable after he missed the last one, but I don't think there's any concern there. Gabe Vincent still remains out. We know that the Charlotte Hornets and their um, let's place a doubtful tag on everybody run is continuing. Mark Williams is doubtful again. That is a full week plus now that he's been doubtful because these absolute ass clowns refuse to provide a proper diagnosis or injury update. That is frustrating clearly. Let's just keep rolling with Big Dick Nick until we hear anything, which it will be never, uh, from the Charlotte Hornets. And then lastly, the last game before Jamarant returns, Bismack Biombo is doubtful. Now, it looks like they will keep Biombo on the roster and they will waive Kenny Lofton Jr., but they are going to, uh, surely, after he played zero minutes last game, surely Xavier Tillman is going to have to be back in the rotation now. I think they might start Aldama and Jaron, though, but I think that that means they have to play Xavier. And the Grizzlies' injury annoyances continue. They play on Tuesday, and they literally might have four guys back, so who knows? Derek Rose also updated there. He's out week-to-week week with hamstring tightness. He is, uh, abs- like, this is not even like a joke. He, he just, he can't, his body cannot handle anything. He will not be, I'm guessing, a part of the rotation as we move forward and the injuries just add up and he just can't do it anymore, which is unfortunate, obviously, um, for him in a, from a basketball sense. But he is uh, out and will be out for weeks and we can move on if any of us even bothered to have him on our teams. Let's go to games because we did the waiver wire trends earlier today. First game, early game. There were two early games on and this was one of them. It was the Orlando Magic getting beaten pretty comprehensively in the end by the Boston Celtics. 114-97, the final score there uh, in Boston. For the Magic, still no Wendell Carter, still no Markel Fultz. Uh, Joe Ingles was out of this one as well. So we got another strong game from the dart, Gogo Badadze. Four points, eight rebounds, two steals, three blocks. He's been excellent in generating those defensive stats. I don't know when the Carter's returning. Um, and I don't know whether Gogo's going to actually stay in the rotation or not, but... While the schedule makes some sense for Orlando, you can do that, especially if you need defensive numbers. They are seemingly phasing Mo Wagner out, who played only 12 minutes with six points. So that's a drop. And I think if you're really getting desperate, you might consider Cole Anthony a drop as well. He played just 19 minutes here. He's outside the top 150 over the last two weeks. He had six points, no threes, four rebounds. And Fultz, I guess, is coming back soon. So it does make it hard in those shallower formats to consider Cole any sort of must-roster guy. Paolo was great, 36 and 10 with four threes, while Suggs had 13 and five, but it was an absolute stinker. On a, you hate a stinker on a Sunday, and that's what Franz Wagner delivered. Eight points on 21%. But he did have eight rebounds and six assists, so sort of helped a little bit there. He's on a bit of a cold streak. He's like 150th over the last two weeks as well. That is a big, big buy low for him. He has been all over the shop in terms of production and consistency of production this season, Franz. Um, so just ride the bad moments and try and acquire him when he's struggling, especially, again, on a Sunday. People go, man, this guy cost me my matchup. That might be your opening to get in there for a buy low. It might not be, but it's you've got to always try and play psychology against uh, people. It doesn't always work, but you've got to try it at least. For the Celtics, Luke Cornett was out, but my man Derek White was great once more. 10 points only, but who cares? Five rebounds, four assists, one steal, three blocks. He's been amazing this season. He has definitely exceeded my expectations, and imagine saying that about me and Derek White, but I just was not that high on him. 
I just thought that there was no way he was going to put up the numbers that he's putting up. He's uh, doing more than Drew Holiday. He's been better than Drew Holiday. His block rate and steal rate are basically career high. Steal rate is career high. He is doing, and his shooting numbers are out of this world. He's been ridiculously good. And Jalen Brown had a big one here as well. Giggity, 31, 5, and 6 with a steal and a block on 60%. And Porzingis had 15 and 10. Did you know Jason Tatum shooting under 80% from the free throw line this season? Yeah. For a guy that we was like, all right, 86, 87%, big volume, that's going to carry us. It's not carrying us at all. He's actually 62nd over the last two weeks. He's 25th for the season. There were people who would consider taking him at two or three because durability, bro. That's why they were taking him. He never misses a game. Well, the worry that always was there with Tatum is that the per game was nowhere near that top five or six players. And if he did suffer a drop-off, well, you're going to get dicked. And you're getting dicked. Hopefully, he improves this stuff. But it's just weird that his free throws are just down this much. He's only shot 38% from the field here. Well, Drew Holiday... Yeah, I adjusted some projections on him. I'm not I don't think he's going to be a top 60 player this season. 14 and 6 with two blocks. I can't remember where I had him preseason, maybe 55, that sort of zone. But he's uh, dropping off. Well, Al Horford, you absolutely do not need to roster. Get that garbage out of here. 8 and 8 in 24 minutes for the big fella. Al, you stream him in when Porzingis is out, and that is it. Today's episode is brought to you by Price Picks. Price Picks is the largest daily fantasy company in the United States. It is also the easiest and the most exciting format to play because instead of worrying about salary caps and worrying about going up against thousands of different players in large tournaments, you don't have to worry about pros and sharks coming in and beating you and taking your money. It's just you against the player projections. They throw one out there, points, and you go more or less, easy. Assists, more or less, bang, done. And you put them into an entry between two to six of them and you can win up to 25 times your money back. There are multiple sports you can do. It's so fast to do as well. And you can also offer these combo ones they, they do too in the specials league. It gives you the combo projections for two or more players from different sports. They put a number up of touchdowns slash three-pointers, and you go, is it going to be more or less? Put it in there, bang, more or less, done, easy, you're good. So go to pricepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. That is pricepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA. The code is LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Pricepicks is daily fantasy sports made easy. Okay, that will bring us now into game number two because that's where we go. And this was an absolutely epic beatdown from the Pelicans onto the Spurs, 146 New Orleans, 110 to the Spurs. McCullum, 26 minutes only, but 29.6 threes. The defensive stats have fallen away. He's down around the 40 mark now. I do still think he's going to fall away, but it is really intriguing to me to see him rolling at a 29 usage while Ingram sits at 26 and Zion sits at 22. Part of the reason that I was down on CJ heading into this season was A, we just never really seen him play with Zion and Ingram, and B, I assumed he'd be the third option. Well, most of these games, he's the second or first option, which again, is very, very weird coaching. Maybe it's because it's bad teams, and I imagine if they play the good teams, the better players need the ball, but he's just doing more with the ball than I thought he would, and that's why the big numbers are coming. Valanchunas, only the 23 minutes, but remember, this was just such an easy blowout. 15 and 16 for uh, Valanchunas, while Ingram had 26 and Zion. Bad from the line, but 15 and 8, two steals and a block. That's actually a pretty well-rounded performance from Zion outside of the one of four shooting. We're going to have a bit of a discussion about Herb Jones, I think. Over his last five games, he's 245th. He had two points here on 0-5 shooting, played 19 minutes. He has really struggled over the last, say, week or so. He His shooting numbers have started to come back to earth. He's back to, I think, 32% from three. But I still, I still think that he should be rostered. But if he starts getting down to 28 minutes... 
and the usage doesn't really hold and some of the defensive stats were well above anything he'd done in the past, fall away, then he does just go back into being a defensive stats streamer. It's been a very, very poor run. And I am somewhat worried about it. I also think that what we got from Trey Murphy here, 25 minutes, 14, 4, and 4, 10 shots, two threes, that's not an unreasonable expectation for him most nights. He will definitely thrive in games where Ingram or Zion sits and he gets a bigger role. But otherwise, it is just a little bit too squishy in terms of minutes and in terms of shot attempts for him to blow up and be the guy that Yahoo rankings suggested he was last season. So just be aware of that. Alvarado had a really strong 16-3-4 game, but we don't really need to read much into that. For the Spurs, Wembenyama, this man is going to be a first-round pick next season. Absolutely lock that in. He might go in the top five, honestly, and I'm not sure it's the incorrect decision. He is very clearly the number one player in Dynasty Leagues without any doubt whatsoever. I, I think anyway. Do you have any pushback on that? If you're at a Dynasty startup, there cannot be any other player that you take at one. Surely not. Surely can't be. Tell me if you think any different. Drop it in the comments. 17 and 13 in 31 minutes for Wembenyama. Four assists, one steal, four blocks. This guy's just putting up insane numbers and he's like limited minutes on a shit team. Like he's going to be a, a, a guy that maybe breaks fantasy. I don't know. It's ridiculous what's happening. The horsecock, Calden Johnson, had 13 and 8. He had four steals as well. Wow. But the 33% from the field and the 50 from the line is very Calden ish. But he's been much better this season. While Vassell dropped off, he had a nice game the other day, but just can't really get it going. Still somewhat of a buy low, but I'm getting a little concerned that it might not ever fully crack in. We saw some big assist numbers flash from Malachi Branham, but not in this one. 11-2-2, two, and, two, and these are the lines where I'm like, mm, I'm not sure. I still think that it's not a bad grab, but there are other guys out there on the wire in your league where you make the decision whether Branham's it or not, and I wouldn't be saying he's an absolute super high-priority player. He's fine, but he, does have, he doesn't have any sort of track record of being a consistent assists player. We've got 14 minutes out of Julian Champagne in this one. He had five threes. He's just a name to keep watching. I do think he's going to find himself in a relatively large role at some point. And I do think that we can jack off Zach Collins. Get that garbage out of here. Two points, 16 minutes, five rebounds. Sure, someone might get hurt and he might move back into the starting lineup. But at this point, I I think, if, especially when you're looking at your roster and you go, I'm struggling, I'm losing, I need to add somebody else. He's got to be expendable. He has, he has to be expendable in that scenario. And Trey Jones also, we don't really need to hold him. Now, the only caveat I'll throw out there for Jones and Collins, and even Sohan, who was shit out here, five points in 26 minutes, is the Spurs have two quality games coming up this week, and not many teams do. So that gives you some level of, hmm, maybe I hold just to be able to play them on those days. But as a general overarching longer-term view, I don't think you need Jones or Collins or Sohan in 12-team leagues. In points leagues, I would hold on to Sohan in 12-team points. But in categories, I um, uh, I would not. Let's do the next one. There's a little bit to talk about in this one because the Houston Rockets go down to the Milwaukee Bucks 119-128, the final score here. And Ime Yudoka is getting a little fancy with the rotations, which is a little bit annoying for us from fantasy. He keeps chucking some different lineups out there and limiting minutes of a lot of different players. Let's start with Van Vliet, who never gets limited. 22-2-6, a steal, two blocks. Defensive stats are coming back from Fred. And Shengun is one of the guys who's getting limited. 31 minutes, 20-8, five assists, a steal, and a block. Now, at least he came back into this game, but only with like five minutes left. That's like, I think, three in a row is at 30 or 31 minutes. A little bit of a concern. And these are the concerns that made me a little bit like on the fence with him, not from a talent perspective, from how he was going to be used perspective um, in the preseason. We've got 35 Dylan Brooks minutes, 18 points, two steals. That's actually a really good line. 
I only look at him as a streamer, and they play Monday, so maybe, but probably not. Um, and then Jabari Smith, 28 minutes, 16, 5, and 2. Now, Jabari had those lower minutes because he got into foul trouble very early on. I think he had 2,004 minutes, and that, that got him off pretty early. And then Jalen Green, 29 minutes. Better game from Green. 55%, 16 points, 7 assists. Still not sure that he's a... Well, actually, pretty confident he's not a must-roster 12-team category guy. In points, he is definitely more into that zone. But that's a, that's four in a row from Jalen of under 30 minutes. Because they're finding ways to get Tari second season minutes. But let me put it this way again. Eason played 30 minutes in this game. And you go, well, that's really good. It is. But he got into the game super early because Jabari Smith got into foul trouble in those four minutes. So Eason came in very early. He had nine points, five rebounds, and two steals in the first quarter. And then for the rest of the game, he had two points, one rebound. That's it for the rest of the game. In like another 21 minutes. I still really believe in Eason. I believe in him as a player a lot. He is a guy that you should roster. But that clear path to a role and minutes is not clear. It's He's going to play. 20 to 23, at least minimum most nights. But does he get 25? Does he get 27? Do they continue to bench Green or Shengun? The good thing is, is that they are using him like a guy that no matter who he wants to bench, Eason gets the bump. And the production is not that good. But I do believe he should be on a roster. It's just going to be frustrating. He's also not that guy where people go, man, you've got to get, get more from the ball. He's not a ball guy. He's not a usage guy. He's just going to do stuff that's not requiring usage, which is also a big W for fantasy. It's just about getting on the court, though, and getting those minutes. Jeff Green had 16 points. I mean, cool. What? What? He's beaten out Jock Landale as the backup center. Um, he's not really impact. I know people go, man, get Jeff Green out of here and play Tari Eason. Green's not really impacting that at all. He's playing all the minutes behind Shagun. I guess you could say he is, because if they didn't use Green, they could play Jabari Smith at center and play Eason more at the four. But Green's basically just the backup who's actually taking the minutes away from Shagun not from um, Eason. I'm holding Smith. Green is a borderline 12-team category guy. I think he's probably droppable, but you don't have to. Um, hold, obviously, Shangun and Van Vliet, and Eason should be grabbed. Noah Men Thompson in this one. For the Bucks, there was no Leaky Beasley again. So they started Andre Jackson, and while he's not really a fantasy player, 36 minutes is a big show of trust. Nine points, six rebounds, four assists. Nine points is actually probably nine more than I'd expect. He's putting up interesting numbers, and he might be one of those... Um, I don't know how to best describe him. One of those, I don't want to say glue guy, because it's a bullshit term, but one of those guys who just sort of accumulates multiple different things from fantasy without scoring ever. And that has use, but that probably comes down the track. Lillard dropped in 39, 5, and 11 with three steals. There's people who are really worried about Lillard. Oh, man, I'm so annoyed. Man. Really? He's a top 15 player. I know you might have taken him at 9 or 10, but honestly, who gives a shit? Like, he's pretty sure he's doing exactly what you wanted him to do. Surely. I'm... I'm baffled by the people complaining about Lillard. Lopez continues to be... I don't even know what the right word is. Some nights it's five points with six blocks. Here, it's 18 points with one block. He just really can't get it all going together. He's hovering in those mid-rounds now, 50-60 sort of zone. I had him in like the 80s preseason. I didn't think he'd be able to continue what he was doing with his uh, performance from last season, but his block rate's been up. Um, and the usage has come down, but he's he's been very good. Obviously, very impressive. While Middleton played 29 minutes, he was very poor early. I think he had 12 or 13 points in the final quarter. Ended with 20 and 3 with two assists. Yanni was still good, 26 and 17, but obviously his fantasy rank drops down because both of his percentages were shithouse. 46 from the field on 22 attempts and 46 from the line on 11 attempts. But you know, that, especially the free throws. That's what you get with Yanni. And that shouldn't have too much of a bearing on how you view his fantasy value. Today's episode 
is also brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. As the weather gets colder, those delicious FanDuel offers, they're ready to come in and they're ready to get you hot and warmed up. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's never been a better time to get in on the action. The app, it's so easy to use. You just go in there, you check out the different things, the parlays. You can do the um, over-unders. You can do the totals, the sides, spreads. Um, a lot of those things are double-up terms. You can look at futures. You can look at pro- player props. It's all there over on the FanDuel app. And again, as I said, it's so easy to use and go and check that stuff out. So go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and get ready to wrap up the NFL season. The playoffs coming in just a few weeks. The NBA season getting into full swing. It's all there on FanDuel. FanDuel also an official partner of the NFL. And don't forget to gamble responsibly. All right, let's do the next one. The Suns pull out the victory over the Wizards. And I say pull out because they were down pretty sizably in the first half. The final score, 112 Phoenix, 108 Washington. Let's start with our favorite player, Jordan Poole. 32 minutes, 14, 4 and 4, two threes and a steal. And I know that doesn't look great. It's actually, it's actually okay, I think. That's, his last two games have been fine because there's two things happening in this game. He, um, he's going to make stupid plays. We know this. But he also had this situation where he was dribbling down the court and there was a wet patch, just no one near him. And he just slipped. All right, not his fault. But I know there are going to be plenty of accounts that uh, clown this guy. I get it, right? That's definitely not his fault. But what I am encouraged about here, 32 minutes, four assists, and 29 usage. Part of the problem with him early this season was he's playing 28 minutes and he's getting 22 usage. It made no sense. Now, he only shot 29%, which is obviously putrid. But 14, 4, and 4s are actually not that terrible. It's okay. Tyus Jones, whew, the last couple of games have been amazing. 22, 11, and 6, 39 minutes. How does Wes Unsard look in the mirror and go, yeah, it's probably a good idea that I played him 21? Uh, I don't think Tyus is this good every night, obviously, but he's on a real hot streak at the moment. Six deals and a block as well. One of the best lines of the night. In fact, maybe we hear his name mentioned later on. We will see. And the big fella, my man, Dan Gafford, 35 minutes, 26-17, two blocks, 77%. Also been very, very good this season. In fact, I think he might be, you know, he's slightly behind Kyle Kuzma as the highest ranked Wizards player for the year. He has been one of those guys who was available late in drafts that has really paid off. He's been very strong, and we always worry about the million locker room trips, but good good stuff. Kuzma, 17 points on 32%, missed both his free throws. That's yuck. But he did have seven rebounds. He had two blocks, and he had three threes. The percentages, especially from the line for him, have been very up and down. We don't bank on him to be very good in those areas, but at least he's getting some good volume. While Denny Avdia played 32 and had seven and six, which is not ideal. I'm very annoyed that they only played Bilal Kulabali 20 minutes. Six points, steal on a block on 29%. I'm not saying that Bilal was good because he wasn't. He was a minus 11, and he does struggle at times. But everything had been trending upwards for him. In fact, he's like top 100 over the last week, last two weeks. Uh, but this was shithouse, very clearly. I do think that you still want to hold him, but we might look at that again in a week and say, let's move on. But I think for now, we do want to hold and just let's see what happens in the coming games. For the Suns, obviously no Bradley Beal, probably a few more weeks away there. No Josh Kogi. They started Nasir Little, but I don't think that really matters. Five and seven for Nasir Littleface. While Eric Gordon had 30 minutes, 13 points, two threes, one assist, one steal. I think he's a really solid ad for the time being. So is Grayson Allen. 11 and four, two steals, two blocks and a three. 33 minutes. Do I like Allen over Gordon? Probably a little bit. I think they're both 12-team league guys for the time being. Booker had 27, 4, and 8. Durant had 28, 5, and 5. Good numbers from all of them. Or Nurkic, just the six points on 29%, which is shit, obviously. But 17 rebounds, five assists, a steal, and a block. He's been very good, too. 
Geordie Goodwin, 6, 8, and 6. That's good enough to sort of stream in for 14-teamers this week. And not much else going on there. And, of course, that would get extra complicated once more once Josh Okogie returns. The problem with these guys, like Nasir Littleface, like Goodwin, like Okogie, Bates Diop, Watanabe, is like, like Bates Diop and Watanabe just out of the rotation today. Chemezi Metsu went from 25 minutes to 9. They just rotate like eight guys into those last two or three spots, and you can't really bank on what's going to happen. The only guy who we don't, who we have confidence in his minutes is Bol Bol, because he gets zero. Uh, I think that's probably about all. Oh, yeah, Drew Eubanks, make sure he took back that backup center spot away from Metu, 12-5, and five, a steal and a block, and always an interesting stream on the days that the Suns play on those low volumes, which is coming up for two more this week, or next week, week nine. All right. Now, the last game of the night, the Golden State Warriors do get a win, but do we get more like questions than we get answers out of this? 118-114, the Warriors beat the Blazers because Wigo is back? I don't know. 29 minutes for Andrew Wiggins off the bench. 25 points, seven rebounds, four threes, one steal, one block. Like, that's obviously very, very good. So what do we do with it, right? 25-7-4-3, steal, block, 75% shooting. That's great. Wiggins is still outside the top 300 for this season. He has been better, but like last two weeks before today, 287th. So what do you do? I don't mind an ad. This is a guy who's been solid enough for many, 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 many years. He stunk most of this season. It's been the right move to drop him from week two onwards. But he's at least got a path to a role in minutes here. He can do it. I don't, I'm not falling all over myself to do it, but I'm not against it. That's what, it does make it confusing though. Clay Thompson only played 29 minutes, but had 28 points with five threes on 69%. He is playing at a much better level of late. Um, Let's see whether it holds, but he's been really, really good. But instead of Clay being on washed watch, maybe his teammate is. Oh, you can't say that, Josh. Yeah, you can't. Steph's not watched. What are you talking about? I know. Steph played uh, 31 minutes and for the first time in years, didn't hit a three. Seven points, 17%. He had eight assists to steal on a block. Just bad. Like, that's just a bad night. I don't, we don't worry about this. Steph is not washed at all. He obviously, though, has not been quite as good this season. He's still been very, very good. Pajemski, 33 minutes. The man just sort of knows what to do. He led the team in minutes. 10-5-5 five five is not groundbreaking, but it is a 12-team league player. While the opposite is true of Jonathan Kaminga. 12 points, 4 rebounds, a steal, 71%. That's all pretty good. He missed all four of his free throws, and every time you watch him, you go, does this man know what to do? Does he know where to go? Has he ever played basketball before? Or has he just jumped tall? What else does he do? That is the frustrating part, and it's why Kaminga's never been able to sustain any sort of solid role on this team. It's because Steve Kerr watched him and goes, oh, this bloke again, and gets him out of there. Um, he's still more points leagues than category leagues. That is true. It's just really frustrating to watch these games. And if he loses this spot to Wiggins, then you move on. We took the flyer. He was trending up. He's moved into the starting lineup and he's really not done much. He's been okay, but he hasn't really been great. So that is definitely frustrating. But then a new contender emerges for, do we add this guy? Because Trace Jackson Davis was the best of the Warriors centers. 18 minutes, 14 and 8, two steals and a block. Dale Davis's son did this sort of stuff at Indiana many times last season. He's slightly undersized, but who isn't on this team? Sharich, Looney, they're all small. 
That is a fantastic line. That is way surpassing anything that Looney and Sharage can do on a regular basis. We're all about getting out in front of things here on this show, but I really don't think that Kerr is going to turn the starting role or a 25-minute role over to Jackson Davis just after this. If I'm in a deeper league, I consider it because the Warriors have a really interesting two-quality game schedule coming up in Week 9. But I'm not quite there for 12s. But we always want to look like, what's the resistance in front of him? Who are the guys? Looney? Sharich? Like, are they good? Huh? I don't know. They're not that good. They're not that good to withstand a guy that plays well. I don't think that it's worth a 12-team burn to get him in. But I'm bloody watching it closely. And if we get this minutes distribution, 18 to Trace, 15 to Looney, 15 to Sharich, if we get that in the next game, uh, then I am getting close to being in. We actually featured him yesterday on this streaming show. So hey, if you want a chance at winning field goal percentage, have a look at Trace because maybe we get something. Well, we got something. And way more than I expected. A fantastic fantasy profile from this man. And now the minutes are there. And that is intriguing. Chris Paul only had four points on 29%, which stinks. But the eight assists are strong. We still hold, even though it is continuing to be a frustrating scenario. Speaking of frustrating, the buy low, sell high in recap in two weeks when we do Shaden Sharp is going to look really good in my favor. Because we talked about him being a sell high, saying, hey, there's a lot of stuff going to happen here and he's going to shoot worse. It was the absolute perfect storm for a gigantic fall. Sharp played 27 minutes, had 12 and 5 on 40%. His usage was down. He had a usage of, double check, 20%. He is now, Shaden Sharp, over the last two weeks, uh, outside the top 150. And what I did mention, again, I'm not doing this, but what I said was, when these players come back, don't be surprised if we start to have the discussions that Sharp becomes a drop. He's not, but Jack's warming up over here. Like, that could be the case. It's just hard to get all of the minutes and all of the shot attempts on this team. We think this team is bad, and they can be. But Grant is going to take a million shots. Simons is going to take a million shots. Scoot needs shots in the ball in his hand. Brogdon's not going to be shy. DeAndre Ayton's going to try and draw free... Oh, <laughs> what am I talking about? Of course, he's not going to do anything in the week. He's not going to do a single thing to get a free throw at DeAndre Ayton, so forget about him. But Grant and Simons and Brogdon and Scoot, they're all going to take lots of shots. And so where does Sharp bid in? He dominated at a stretch of time where he was hitting every shot in the world. He was getting the ball in his hands and playing 40 minutes a night. And now everyone's back and he's on the back foot. Hold, but this is not entirely surprising. As for Sterling, just 22 minutes for him, but 14, 1 and 2 with a 3. He just sort of gets better and better, which is exactly what we want to see from a rookie point guard. I do believe he needs to be rostered. He's not great at the moment, but it's about, we just need to get ahead of it. I think you do need to get ahead of it here. Thibault's line is really good because you go, well, wow, three steals, two blocks. That's amazing. But only 18 minutes is the thing that's a problem. He's a streamer for defensive stats. And with a full lineup, he cannot play enough to be a must roster player. Jeremy Grant, 30 points in 41 minutes, seven rebounds, six assists. I mean, whatever. 24-3 and seven for Anthony Simons. Good numbers from both of those guys, very clearly. The Jeremy Grant experience always annoys me. So I apologize. He just It just frustrates me that they go, yep, all right, Jeremy, you're our number one guy. Like, really? Really, that's what we want to do with the team? Jeremy Grant's going to be the number one guy? Come on. I don't know. It just seems a weird way to build a team. But DeAndre Ayton was great. Eight points. <laughs> Again, sorry, DeAndre. It's just too easy. Eight points in 33 minutes. He attempted zero free throws. And the most annoying man in the world continues. But given you know, my level of vitriol towards Ayton, that's very mild compared to the way other people talk about him. They act like he's been the worst player in the world, Jordan Poole style. But he hasn't. 
He's a top 50 player before today's game. So there is a little bit of a buy low available for him, but it is just one of the most frustrating experiences in the world to deal with this guy. He just has not done anything good. Tamani Kamara continues to start. 11 points with three threes and two steals is okay, but we don't need to do anything with that unless it's a deeper league. And now it's time to discuss Malcolm Brogdon. Get that garbage out of here. That's true, Jack. Eight points, 27 minutes, 38%. Not enough minutes, not enough ball handling opportunities, not enough shots. Annoying that he plays more than Scoot makes no sense, but there is just not enough here for Brogdon to be a 12-team league guy. Free up your roster, get him out of there, get somebody else in. This is... The value, he's not even giving you value at the moment, let alone like what he's going to do um, moving forward. Like, he's just nowhere near that. He's 180th over his last five games in 24 minutes a night. That's not enough, yet he's being rostered basically everywhere. And you don't need to do that. So, that is all of that done. Let's. We don't have the stream of the day to recap. What we do have to do, though, is get into look at the... Oh, should we do Monstrous Line of the Night? Yeah, we'll do Monstrous Line of the Night right now because then we'll go in later and have a look at Industry Pickup and my other leagues and see how they all played out. The Monstrous Line of the Night is Damian Lillard. He had 39 points, 11 assists. He had three steals. He was far and away ahead of the others for today. The um, waiver Wire Line of the Night. Who do you reckon this one is? Got to be available in 50% plus of leagues. And I'll give you a hint. This guy's available in closer to 100% of leagues. It is Trace Jackson Davis. 14 points, 8 rebounds, 2 steals. He was contributing right across the box score. Just very much a name to watch. Very, very much a name to watch. The young gun of the night is not Trace Jackson Davis, even though he is a rookie because someone uh, was much better. And sometimes we forget that he is still a rookie because he's this good. Victor Wembanyama had 17 points, he had 13 rebounds, he had another four blocks. He is going to be a unbelievable fantasy player. And the dud of the night. Again, I don't think there's going to be a gigantic surprise here with this one. We're going back to one of the earlier games and we're going to New Orleans to talk to Herb Jones and say, Herbie, what's going on, mate? Two points, one rebound, three assists, all stinkers all the time. Let's go to the top six players before we do an industry pickup recap. Um, the top six players for today, as I hit the wrong button on my end, number one was Damian Lillard, followed by Tyus Jones, Daniel Gafford, Jalen Brown, Jeremy Grant, and Victor Weminyama. Your top six players rostered in under 50% of leagues, Jackson Davis, number one, Julian Champagne, just again, we keep a watch on it, Grayson Allen, pretty interested in adding him, um, Jose Alvarado, Dylan Brooksy Brooks, and the dart, Goga Badadze. And then lastly, your top six players in Yahoo Points Leagues today, Lillard, Tyus Jones, Dan Gafford, Paolo Bunkero, Victor Wembenyama, and Jalen Brown. All right, let us go in and have a look at all the results from, uh, from my leagues over on Fantrax. All right, so it did happen. I got beaten by Drew Dinkmeyer. Congratulations to you, Drew. That's my first loss for the season. It was only 5-4, so I'm relatively happy with that, how that ended up. As you can see, we were two blocks apart, his favor, two turnovers apart, my favor, five rebounds apart, his favor. Um, we both maxed out our games. I copped the uh, Keontae George injury and the Nikola Jokic ejection, which limited my playing time. Um, in a couple of games. So it would have been really close and happy with that. The standings, how does that shake out? I think I'm still on top. Yeah, there I am. 48 and 24. Drew's second. Rhett Bauer after that. Then B-Dub, Mike Barner, Noah Rubin. Mike Katrin, um, Mitch Casey, Adam King, Alex McLean, Alex Brutha, and Dan Titus. Let's have a look at the other results, actually. So Kingy beat Mitch. Mike Barner beat Mike Katrin. 
Noel Rubin beat Alex for clean 7-2. B-Dub beat Barutha 6-3. And Rhett Bauer beat Dan Titus 6-3. Let's go and have a look at the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Bowl Category League. How did I do in my two matchups in that one? I had a 5-4 win over the Suicide Squad and a 5-4 win over Solid Snake. Good. Um, we'll go through the, the other scores here. For the FBI World Cup, I think I lost this 4-5. No, I won. Yes. Over the top. 5-4 with a victory there. And in the Points League Locked On Fantasy Basketball Bowl, how did I end up in that one? Um, I beat Chicken Curry with a, with a good victory, and I lost by 13 points to Embeating You. That is annoying. Oh, my God. Anyway, lost by 13 points. What an owl that is. So let's go back and have a look at the standings in these leagues. Let's look at the Locked On Fantasy Basketball, League, uh, Locked on Fantasy Basketball Bowl Category League. We go through and uh, take a squeeze of that. Pretty sure I won my Yahoo League today as well, but all of those results don't finalize until later. I was 6-3 up today, so I'm pretty sure I won that one. So I'm in the main Red Claws division here in the north version of the bowl. I am third place. We're going all right there. 68, uh, 78 and 64, but we are miles behind this bloke. Jesus Christ. He's at 96 and 46. I'm 18 games behind. Wow. All right. In the um, FBI World Cup, I don't remember my division. What is my division? We're in, oh, we're in the rally division. So let's have a look where I am. I wasn't going too well in this one. I think I was seventh. Ooh, eighth. Yuck. Um, and then locked on fantasy basketball bowl. I'm in the Jason Kidd division in this one. So let's see. Where am I here? I'm sixth in that one with a nine and seven record. So sitting in the playoffs, 56% win uh, record is pretty good. Um, happy with that. And that is, that's, there we go. So yeah, happy with that. Um, that's my league. The, again, the Yahoo one hasn't finalized, but I'm uh, going to win that one. Six, three. That'll push me up to about third, I think, in that one. And 30 deep, I was winning, but yeah, my team's uh, cooked in that one. I'm not looking particularly strong over there. That is the end of today's show. So if you, like me, want to be a double banger, first of all, hit subscribe, hit thumbs up on the YouTube video, but go to both formats, do audio and video. Catch me in your eye and your ear holes. What more could you ask for? Do that, leave comments, all that stuff is great. Share it with people, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.